Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Hutchcroft, photographer, freelancer, and curious question asker. Join me for half an hour each week while I sit down with inspiring photographers and pick their brains about growing their business, authentically connecting to their clients, and being a good human in this changing industry. If you're ready to take your photography hobby to the next level and turn it into an actual business, you're in the right place. If you want to hear real-life advice from professional photographers and start building the future of your dreams, don't go anywhere. Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Unscripted Podcast for Photographers. Today, I'm talking to Kelsey O'Halloran. Kelsey O'Halloran is a professional copywriter helping service-based entrepreneurs, photographers, turn website visitors into dream clients. Today, she's on the show to teach you how to DIY your way to copy that sounds like yourself, reaches your people, and compels these people to book a session with you. This is an amazing episode to listen to if you, like most photographers, are a visual person and aren't really sure how to communicate your unique value and offering in words. Kelsey is super generous with her time and knowledge, and no matter where you're at in your photography journey, the tips she shares will help you get unstuck, get clear, and feel empowered. You don't want to miss this. So I just want to start by clarifying, because I think a lot of people get this a little bit confused, is what does copywriting mean? That's such a good question, because yeah, I think a lot of people wonder the same thing. So I would say that copy is any text that a business uses for advertising or marketing and copywriting then is the process of writing that text. Cool. So not to be confused with copyright law, copyright infringement, any kind of legal services, copywriting is the text that you use in a business for advertising marketing. Exactly. Yeah. And how do you approach copywriting? Like, where did you get your start? And how did you find your niche and like interview inspired website copy? Yeah, so my focus is interview inspired website copy for service based business owners. And the way that I found myself in that niche was I, so I actually started my career as a journalist. So I went to school for journalism. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I went to school for that. And I, worked as a journalist in my community for like four or five years after college. And I loved that work. I loved interviewing people. I loved helping them tell their stories. And there are a lot of common threads with what I do today. And I just was craving a little bit more flexibility and I think room to grow in my career. I knew that I really wanted to have a family someday. And I just felt like at least the way that I was doing that job, it didn't feel like that would be a good fit for having a family for me long-term. So I started to look at other ways that I could use my skills and ways that I could still continue doing some of the things that I really enjoyed about my work. And I started learning about this thing called copywriting. And so I, it just felt really natural to me to bring that interview piece into my work. And it, I find now it really... It's really one of my favorite parts of the process and my clients' favorite parts to be able to interview them and their clients as I write their copy. It really, for me, takes the guesswork out of the process and helps my clients get a lot more clarity around their brand in the process. 
Yeah. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people need to tease out those sort of more, I don't know, the inner workings of your business and why you do what you do. And I think that sometimes people just kind of assume that everyone understands them. And sometimes it takes a stranger just asking maybe what their motivations are, who they hope to reach. And I can really see how that would bring out a lot of clarity and sort of especially service-based businesses where a lot of people are the brand themselves. Yeah, I know that there are other all kinds of ways to do it. I know a lot of people will send a questionnaire and kind of do things that way. And I have just found, especially with my clients, they're hiring me oftentimes because they don't enjoy writing. And so I don't want to mm-hmm. give them a whole bunch of painful writing homework. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels really good to be able to sit down with them and Yeah, like you said, kind of talk through all of those types of questions and hear how they answer it in their own voice and then be able to turn that into copy that actually sounds like them and the way that they talk. Yeah, that's such a good point because there's so much communicated in tone and sort of more casual colloquial language that you can understand Mm -hmm. that like, yeah, if you give someone who doesn't like writing a piece of writing homework, then they're not necessarily going to express themselves in the most themselves way. And so I really like that just kind of, yeah, it feels more personal. It feels more more immediate somehow. Well, thank you. You've been booked by some pretty big photographer clients like John Charles and Emily Majors. And I'm just curious about like, what's the process like when you start working with a new f- client who's a photographer in particular? Yeah. So the way my process works, we always kick off with a three-hour messaging strategy session. So that's like kind of like we were just talking about. That's that time when we sit down and I bring a ton of questions for them. And they're questions about their ideal client, questions about their brand, about kind of what they envision on their website. Although I definitely bring my own my own thoughts as well about things that we can include on their website. And so that is a time for us to really dive deep and get a lot of a lot of clarity and communicate a lot of things about what they're hoping that their copy will talk about. And then from there, I sit down for interviews with a handful of their clients. And those are really helpful calls to understand what their clients were experiencing before, during, and after working with them and how they describe everything in their own words, how they, the value that they got from working with that business owner. And it often helps us understand better what that business owner's clients really loved most about working with them. Because sometimes we don't always know about our own businesses, like what our biggest strengths are, what really sets us apart. From there, I do some keyword and competitor research on the back end. And then I put together with kind of all those pieces, I put together their brand messaging guide. And it's kind of like a style guide, but for your your copy. And so that helps us understand where we're going to go with their website message. And also that guide is, is a tool that they can use going forward in their business so that anytime they sit down to if they're updating their website copy or writing Instagram captions or putting together materials for like client onboarding documents, they can reference that guide and make sure that their their message is staying consistent. They never have to second guess what they want to say kind of in their that in terms of a core message, in terms of what they're really about or who they're speaking to. So they're not like reinventing the wheel every single exactly. time. Yeah. Yes, that's a great way to put it. And then from there, after we've done all those pieces, then we actually write their website copy and go through revisions and, and proofreading at the end of that process. So there's and so what I find steps. is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what I find is that after all that pre-work, there often aren't a ton of revisions. My clients, because we've really established what they're about and 
I have a pretty good feel for what they want to say after that, that strategy session at the beginning. So I would say there are a lot of pieces on my end. On their end, my hope is that it feels really easy. I, I take a lot of these things off of their plate so that we're touching base at the beginning and that long call, and then they're reviewing their copy at the end. But a lot of it I'm, I'm taking care of for them in, in between. Yeah, I feel like having it more heavily weighted in the beginning of the process where like you're really getting a good idea of like who they are and what you want to say instead of there being a really long back and forth at the end of the process with lots of revisions and lots of corrections is probably, yeah, you seem to have nailed it down to a pretty fine process. I have a couple of questions. The three-hour messaging strategy session, is that like that's like one like long three-hour phone call? It is. Yeah. And that's a marathon. <laughs> it is. And so like, I make sure that we have time for, you know, a bathroom break or whatever, if we need to. <laughs> okay. if, a if little somebody... intermission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if somebody really, if it was a big problem for someone, we could probably look into breaking it up. But what my clients usually tell me is that the time it goes by really quickly because they, they get rolling talking about their brand and some people have called it like a therapy session for your brand because <laughs> because you never, as a business owner, you rarely have the opportunity to just kind of talk through all the th- ideas that are in your head and all the kind of things about your business that only you ever think about. So it's helpful, I think, to be able to talk through all that stuff with someone else. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask that question about whether it ends up feeling really fast because I I imagine it might, like it sounds like a lot, but I guess once you get talking and you have all this information to cover, it probably feels like just the right amount of time in the end. Mm -hmm. How many client interviews do you do usually? Yeah, I reach out to six clients and I've kind of landed on that number because I find, you know, if I end up talking to six clients, that's awesome. But I try to connect with at least three. So if that leaves room for potentially people not emailing me back or canceling at the last minute or an interview is just like it kind of I mean at this point I I know a lot about how to draw an interview out of someone but if they really falls flat it leaves room for some of those so so yeah it ends up having at least three and ideally six of those calls really helps me have a good sense of where the patterns are so I can see like what words are coming up over and over again, or what are some of the common themes that we're hearing from these clients. And, and also like what the outliers might be if there are things that don't really like one person said that don't totally fit with what everybody else is saying. That can be really helpful for getting a, a good sense for what their clients are saying in a broader sense. Yeah. And are you interviewing clients like that, you know, are sort of good examples of like the least common denominator. And so you're kind of interviewing like, you know, six of like the ideal kind of client, or are you interviewing like a range of different clients to get like a good cross section of what the range of clients that this person might have? Yeah, I always leave it up to my clients to decide, yeah, exactly who they want. But I usually do ask for kind of people who represent their ideal client. Yeah. Just because we, since we're writing their website to that person, we want to make sure that we are getting feedback from people who, who think like that person and sound like that person. And so, so yeah, it's often people who really enjoyed working with them or they really enjoyed working with and people who they worked with recently enough to where that it's where they still remember them and, and yeah. would be able to share about their experience, which varies from person to person. Like some of my wedding photographer clients, their clients remember them from years and years ago because it was such a big part of their life 
<laughs> kind of awkward of the first half of the conversation. It's like, you know, the photographer <laughs> that photographed your wedding last year. <laughs> I find that, like, obviously, most photographers are really visual people and they're great at telling stories with their photographs, but sometimes it can fall a bit short when it comes to words. And I just want to ask you a really pointed question about, like, why do photographers need copywriting to be a part of their business? And, like, I'm sure this feels really obvious for you, but I guess I just want to hear more specifically about like what ways are having good words attached to your brand really, really useful? I love this question because this is something that I probably assume people know and I it's good for me to think through how to how I would answer that. So I would say that your visuals, obviously, you know, having beautiful photos and beautiful design, those are things that are so important and they draw people in. But I think at the end of the day, your words are really what guides people to actually book you and buy from you. And so, and that's because your words allow you to connect with people on a deeper level. That kind of connection can set you apart from your competitors and make people feel like they want to hire you over somebody who be somebody who's cheaper or somebody who has similar work, but they really, they feel connected to you for whatever reason, because of the stories you've told or the ways that you've opened up or the, the ways that you've made them feel heard. And that's really powerful. So I think at the end of the day, it's your words can make people feel, like I said, seen and heard and excited to work with you. Yeah. So on your website, I would say that means using your words to answer the questions that your ideal client's asking in their head as they're browsing. We all come to a website wondering, you know, like, what do they do? Or why does that matter to me? Or what's the next step to get started? And so answering questions like that and guiding them to inquire or book with you is really important on your website. And that's something that you have to do with your copy. And then on somewhere like Instagram or elsewhere on social media, you can use use those words to connect with your followers and provide value, tell them stories that, that connect with them, educate them, invite them to work with you. And then beyond that, there's like this, this other huge side of copywriting where you're connecting with people in your inbox and in your, your client yeah. experience copy. So even like down to the emails that you're sending to leads and clients, your onboarding and offboarding materials, those kinds of things. That's a huge opportunity to make your clients and prospective clients feel really cared for from the moment that they they meet you and to also be consistent with what they're seeing kind of in the public spaces. So yeah. having that, that voice that's consistent across Instagram, your website, your emails, and even like a sales call or when they actually meet you in person that all builds trust and makes people feel so much more connected to you and so much more likely to be excited about working with you and refer you in the future. Yeah, which I can imagine is like why it's super important to have that brand messaging guide nailed down. Because if you sound like one person on your website and a different person on your Instagram, and then people jump into your inbox, and you sound like an even different person, then it might be a little bit jarring for people to kind of maybe have booked you because of the copy on your website and then they like enter into this client experience with you and all of a sudden <laughs> you just seem like a bit of a different person like yeah totally. I don't know how do you know what the questions are that people like need answered when they hop onto your website like before you were like you know using your words to answer the questions that your ideal client is asking in their head when they land on your website. How do you know what those questions are? <laughs> yeah. So that's a great question. So 
A few ways to kind of find out could be to think about like what questions are coming up a lot in sales calls or when people inquire if there are questions that are apparently not being answered or maybe and sometimes I know people will ask things that are on your website that they just didn't (laughs) notice but that's one way another way is just to kind of think through like okay when I land on a website what do I need to know to be able to hire somebody and so I know for me it's some websites you will land on and you can't even I mean this is maybe an extreme example but sometimes you can't even figure out what someone does on their website they're if they have just all these buzzwords or it's really vague or they're trying to be like really witty copy, but it's not really explaining actually what they're about. So keeping in mind just the really basic things that you know, but your ideal clients might not know, like where you're based and what you do and how you actually can make their life better. Those kinds of things are huge for connecting with your clients, even though they sound really basic. Yeah, that's a good point is like, it can never be too basic. Like sometimes people Mm -hmm. just know nothing about you. And so starting from the beginning and not trying to get too fancy. So like a lot of newbie photographers might really love to hire a copywriter, but probably just like, I don't know, aren't making enough money at this stage, not really sure whether to pull the trigger. And I guess I have two questions in relationship to that. Like at what stage do you think you would recommend photographers hire a copywriter to do their copy for them? And how would you suggest they go about writing copy for themselves in the meantime? Yeah, I'm always glad when people can wait for at least a year or potentially more before hiring out something like website copy because your business changes so much in that first mm-hmm. year that it can be hard to like explaining what you're about and who you're serving. That might be completely different in a year. And so... And so then you will have to go back and update all your copy and that can just add a, it can add an expense or add a chore for you to go do. So, or if you're at a point in your business where you're investing in professional website design, which I also think I would say probably most of the time that would be something down the road too. That's a good time to look into hiring a copywriter because having your website professionally designed, but not having yeah. copy behind it will have this really beautiful brochure, basically, but nobody will be able to, or people might not understand how to book you, or they might not connect with the content that's on there. So it's a yeah. good way to make sure that you're getting the best return on investment on that website design that you can. So in the lead up, like before the year is fully, the things that they can do for themselves in the meantime are what? Yeah. So in the meantime, there are all kinds of great options. I mean, you can look at things like copy templates or mini courses to help you figure out how to write your own copy. Or you can also just for free look at websites outside of your industry to see what kind of what speaks to you. And I'm talking about like, like way outside of your industry. One example that I love is a client of mine who kind of like unscripted, they create products for photographers, but they really liked Patagonia. And I think Tushy Bidet, like those are some of the <laughs> brands that we were looking at to get a feel for what kind of copy they really liked. So from that, we were able to see, say, okay, what is it about these brands that you like? And how can we bring that, that into your message and make sure that your copy feels like you? So I really I, like I think, that. Oh, thanks. I just think that like, instead of it just being, oh, I like how they describe the same service that I'm doing. You can kind of dig into it a little bit more and say, oh, I really like that they're using this kind of messaging in a like tangential way to sell this, or they're talking about themselves like this, or this is 
the value that they're trying to share. And I think that, yeah, looking outside of your industries, yeah, like a really good way of sort of isolating what you like about them because it's not just that you like that they're doing the same thing as you. (laughs) Yeah, because I think, I mean, looking around at competitors can be really dangerous because, I mean, maybe best case scenario, you're going to end up getting kind of stuck in that comparison trap of feeling like, oh, they're everybody else already said it all. What am I going to say? And then worst case scenario, there are people that are just copying and pasting from a competitor site, which is yeah, never the way you want to go. So for me, I just always feel so much better if we can look outside the industry. That way, you know that there's no chance of accidentally even like getting some line in your head that you forget is from a competitor and inserting that into your copy or something. Yeah. Is that something that happens a lot? (laughs) I definitely hear stories. Copying? (laughs) Yeah. I've heard some stories of people having their sites plagiarized, which is, yeah, pretty, it's sad. It's like you're misunderstanding the term copywriting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's easy to, it's so easy. You can just, you know, copy and paste, but it doesn't really serve you either because then when, if people land on your site and it sounds just like someone else's, then you're not going to know. They won't necessarily know who to choose because they both sound the same. Yeah, totally. And so it's like if people are still kind of writing copy for themselves or they're kind of figuring it out and maybe they're really, really not good with words or they really hate it and they just need like a little nudge but they can't fully afford like someone to write it. Do you offer any smaller services that like can help people along? Yeah, yeah. So I'm really loving right now my brand message consulting service. So that is essentially the first half of my website copy process, kind of like we talked about. So we still, we have that messaging strategy session. I interview their clients and then I put together their brand messaging guide. And then from there, they can decide how they want to use that content. So they could use their brand messaging guide to write their website copy themselves and refer back to it throughout there are a lot of lines in that guide that they can literally copy and paste onto their website. So it makes it really, really quick and easy if they want to do that. Or they can reference that guide to write Instagram captions or Mm. guides for their clients or that sort of thing. So that's one way where we kind of meet them halfway. And it's that fully done for you website copy package, but it's in between. Yeah, cool. And what does it look like? What is the brand messaging guide? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but I'm curious about like, is it like you said, it's like a style guide for copywriting, but yeah, is it kind of like, yeah. Can you give me some examples of like sentences that like might be in it? Yeah. So it's usually like a 20 to 30 page PDF and it has all kinds of statements. So we have things like your one liner. So how to basically explain what you do and who it's for in one sentence your mission statement, your a little kind of brand bio that you could use on your about page. We have your brand values, a profile of your ideal client. And we even like from those client interviews, we'll pull in some quotes from your clients so that you can get a feel oh. for what your clients are saying. Yeah. And then we also from we have sort of some brand voice guidelines to basically outline how you as a brand want to communicate, like how you want people to feel when they read your content, some words to describe your voice. And then we also have a bunch of brand lines at the end of that guide. So it goes through things like, I mean, these are hard to explain, but they're things that you could use as like headlines on your website or 
or calls to action. They're just like really, really simple lines that are all written in your brand voice that you could use to inspire your your copy as you go. So what about photographers who, you know, feel pretty clear about where they're going and what they want to say, but they're not entirely confident about their writing skills? Would you ever recommend getting someone to look over their copy or yeah, definitely. Is there anything? Yeah. Proofreaders are such a good investment. I mean, I hire a proofreader to edit our copy at the end of working with, with a client because like, even after we've looked at it several times, I always want to make sure that we didn't leave an error in there. And, and so I, I definitely would recommend if you're DIYing your copy, it can be so, so helpful to have another set of eyes on it and just someone to give their perspective on like making sure that it's clear and also making sure that it doesn't have any typos, that it is just as professional as possible. And it's, that's a really low cost way to make your copy more professional is to bring in someone like a proofreader just to double check it for you. And would you just hire someone like for an hour or something? How do those things usually work? Yeah, I've seen different packages from proofreaders. I know some people will do like unlimited edits or something like that. Some people will do like they'll charge by the page or by word count or things like that. So they're all a little different. But I would say it's definitely lower cost in most cases than hiring someone just to write your copy from from scratch for you because they're working with what you already have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you've been looking at something for a really long time, I mean, even just the fact that you are telling us that, you know, you use proofreaders as well. Like if you've been looking at something for a really long time, then sometimes I think some things can become a bit invisible to you and you stop being able to see it fully. And so just having like a fresh pair of eyes to scan it can be really useful, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. What are some insecurities that hold photographers back from being able to create like good, clear copy for their brand? Yeah. So there are so many things with writing, I think that hold a lot of us back, but (laughs) the main ones that the main ones that I see are that we were so close to our businesses that we have a hard time getting out of our head and figuring out what our clients actually want to know and like with the things that they don't know also, or we're not clear on our unique value that we bring and how to communicate it. So maybe we're not speaking enough to the actual benefits that we provide, or mm-hmm. maybe we don't know what our clients would actually say is the best thing about working with us. So we're just kind of guessing or we, you know, we're stuck in the comparison trap because we keep looking at our competitors and they, we feel like everybody has already said everything there is to say and, and we're not sure how to stand out. I think that can be especially common in an industry like photography where yeah. it is so saturated. And then, yeah. yeah, a lot of us worry about coming across as too salesy. Like nobody wants to be <laughs> kind of a slimy salesperson who makes people feel icky. And we also, they might not feel like their copy is that it doesn't sound like them. So some people might know what they want to say in their head, but maybe it gets jumbled when they actually try to write it down. And that can be really frustrating. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, those are a lot of insecurities to overcome to start writing, especially if you're like more of a visual person. So I guess I just kind of want to like shout out to all the listeners just like to say that there's a lot to overcome. But at the same time, like everyone kind of these are really, really common insecurities. So if you're feeling any of these, like, know that like, it's totally normal. And that like, there are ways to sort of overcome them. And I guess that's kind of what I want to 
speak to you a little bit more about in this next bit, Kelsey, is like, do you have a framework for how photographers could overcome these obstacles and begin to write, write copy for themselves? Yeah, I love that word of encouragement too, because I think like, I mean, it's just like any new skill. I've been learning to lap swim this year. I mean, I knew how to swim, but I have been <laughs> like swimming more like a, as a workout this year. Yeah. And I felt like it took so much brain power at the beginning to just, just the strokes, just to like time my breathing and get it all right. And, and then over time it becomes second nature and now I look forward to it. And so I think it's just like that with any new skill that you're developing, but it, I know that it can feel like such a barrier when you're first getting started with it. Even if you've been, I mean, a lot of us write all the time in our businesses, but we may not feel like it's our thing. So see, I love that, but yeah, just say, do it. Just start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I would say, you know, try to get to know your ideal client as well as you can. You can do that by paying attention to things that they're saying, saying to you in, in sales calls, like things your real clients and, and prospective clients are saying to you when you talk to them, emails with those people, any testimonials that they leave for you, things that think like DM conversations that you're having with them. The more that you can understand what they care about, what they love about working with you, what they're kind of struggling with or what they might be worried about going into going into hiring someone like you, those things can be really powerful and, and can really help you not feel like you're starting from square one whenever you sit down to write, because you can actually, if you're, you know, gathering those things and taking notes or at least keeping track of them in your head, then you'll have a good idea of what you, who you need to be speaking to and what you might need to say to them when you sit down to write. That's a really good point. I feel like one of the things that a lot of people struggle with when they first start writing is like where to start, like, you know, how many times you just sort of like stared at a blank screen. (laughs) You're just like, uh, where, how can I pull something out of this like blankness? And I think having a bit of information about getting to know your ideal clients is a really amazing just departure point. Yeah, it really helps with beating that, that blank page. This podcast is brought to you by the Unscripted Posing app, the one-stop shop photography app for photographers looking to up their posing game, streamline their business, and look and feel like a professional. With Unscripted, you'll confidently rock every shoot, capture those emotion-filled images you've been craving, and create a fun photo shoot experience for everyone, including you. Join over 200,000 photographers and search Unscripted in your app store now. And then I think also one thing to think about is to try to, like I said, avoid looking right at your competitors because I know that can just be paralyzing and instead try to figure out what your voice actually is. So spend some time thinking about what your brand values are, what your mission as a brand is, like what is the unique stand that you take in your industry? Like, is there anything that frustrates you that you want to do differently than what you see being done right now? And yeah, looking at maybe some brands outside your industry to see what really speaks to you there. That could be helpful too. Yeah, I'm just remembering like a previous conversation that I had with another photographer and she was really against like retouching and sort of like photoshopping out like birthmarks or wrinkles or scars. Mm -hmm. And that was something that really annoyed her about some parts of the photography industry is this sort of like pursuit of perfection. And she really leaned into that. And she ended up really finding the people that she was meant to work with, because she was like able to like identify what she stood for, I guess, and sort of like spoke about it and wrote about it. And 
yeah, it kind of helped her find other people that sort of shared that belief. I think that can be a really beautiful thing about copy is that like you can really kind of, I don't know, be a bit more detailed about who you are and what you stand for. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is such a great example. That's really powerful. Would you say that it's important for photographers to know who their dream clients are? (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. And I recommend as much as you can trying to base that on real people that you've worked with. Or if you haven't worked with anybody yet and you're just getting started, then maybe real people who would be your dream clients, like people that you would love to work with someday. And so for people that you've worked with, you could think about, you know, what is it about them that made them so great to work with you? And why were you such a good match for them? Why were they such a great match for you? And then you can also kind of think about their client journey. So ask yourself things like, what were they struggling with when they came to you? How can you meet them where they are when they're coming to you on your website or wherever they're coming to you? Did they maybe have any doubts about hiring a photographer? And maybe you could address those in your copy. And that like, what do they care about? Why do photos matter to them? What does having those memories captured actually mean to them? And making sure that you're speaking to that in your copy as well. And why is it that you're making the point about real people? Yeah, I think it can just be really easy when we are doing, I think everybody's done an ideal client exercise where we're looking at, okay, my ideal client is they're this gender, they're between this and this age, they have this kind of budget, and it can start to feel like they're just this kind of made up fantasy person. And so it can be hard to write to that person. So the great thing about knowing your ideal client is that when you're really clear on them, you could actually write to that person every time you sit down to write copy for whatever you're writing so that the more you can visualize them and the more you can understand like what they're really about the more authentic that copy can feel and it can also help you I think understand some things that you maybe wouldn't have picked up on like maybe I'm trying to think of an example like maybe you start to realize that a lot of your ideal clients are people who really care about where their food comes from or where their Mm. clothing comes from or something. And so then you start to realize, oh, they really like, they care about the impact that they're having in these areas. And so then that can be some, I mean, I'm trying to think of how you would weave that in, but basically you can show them like, if that's like something that you share, then you can communicate that on your site. And so it's a little bit, it becomes less about just creating this ideal person and more about how do I speak to this real person who I love working with and want to basically clone? Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Cause it's like, so are you saying in a way that it's kind of easy to make up this like dream ideal client and they are kind of like, maybe like this fantasy person that like you've ascribed certain characteristics to, and it's kind of a bit like in your head. Whereas if you're thinking about an actual real person, it becomes kind of a bit more layered and like you're kind of actually like accessing you know like someone that actually exists instead of this sort of person that exists only as having come out of like an ideal client exercise exactly yeah yeah and then you start to learn all their nuances as a person and you can connect with them on I think I would say a much deeper level than just a fantasy client with a million dollar budget that you came up with in your head yeah (laughs) Yeah, right Okay, I understand. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Do you have any tips for the research people can do to get in their dream clients' heads and their real dream clients' heads? Yeah, yeah. So you can do things like polling your audience on Instagram, asking them questions about 
I mean, kind of some of the things we've talked about, like maybe what's your biggest struggle with like having, whether it's like having your picture taken or finding a photographer or planning your wedding or kind of whatever, or however you want to phrase that and trying to get a feel for how they might phrase those things. You can search your keywords in Facebook groups or other places like Quora or something where your ideal clients might be hanging out. I would imagine even for photographers, I would imagine there are probably some like wedding planning boards or something that you could go hang out in and see what people are talking about. And would you and searching your keywords just kind of be like hopping into a Facebook group and being like wedding photographer problems or... Yeah. Or even just like, yeah, you could look up, let's say wedding photographer or, and maybe like struggling or I'm trying to think of how they might phrase it. So basically if they're posting in a group, like I'm struggling to find a photographer who blah, 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 or something. Yeah. Or you could just search like wedding photographer and see what that brings up and then see if, if there are any comments that people are, if they're bringing up complaints or questions or different pain points that that might be revealed through those conversations. Yeah, I know that can be a little bit challenging sometimes. Like sometimes it can feel like you're just in the dark if you're searching random things in Facebook groups. But sometimes you can find (laughs) some really helpful stuff. It just depends on the group and how many of those kinds of questions have been asked on or things like that have been posted in that particular place. And then something that you can always do might be a little bit more reliable or at least easier to kind of pin down would be to just go back and do some interviews with your favorite past clients, kind of like like we talked about that I do with my clients. And that's a great way to learn about their experience. Amazing. Yeah, I can imagine you kind of might get sucked down some pretty like time consuming internet wormholes if yeah. you start start looking. But I, I also think, yeah, I, I do believe that there would be a lot of gems in there and a lot of like, you know, one thing leads to another and all of a sudden you have all this information that you didn't even know you had access to before you started. Yeah, I agree. I think the I mean definitely the best place I would say to start is with the stuff like the information you already have from your clients. So kind of like those like sales call notes or emails from your clients or DM conversations. But if you don't have any of that yet, say you're brand new or or you're trying to look outside of what you have right now, then, then those are some great ways to find some extra content. I'm going to pivot a little bit here, but I just, I kind of want to ask you a little bit more specifically about like how, like if you're writing your own website copy, like what are some things that you should be thinking about when like structuring your website copy? Yeah. So it's really important to think about how your reader is going to be navigating your website. And kind of like we talked about trying to answer the questions that are in their head as quickly and as clearly as you can. So, and that takes a little bit of just sort of empathizing with with your client and trying to think about like, what do they need to know when they land here? So one example would be like in the hero section of your homepage, the hero section is that top section of the page before you scroll. So a lot of times you'll see like a big picture that goes across the page and maybe a big headline or something and a, and a call to action button. So in that hero section, that is a place where you want to make sure that you're communicating what you do, who it's for, why they should care, and what the next step is that you want them to take. So whether that's reading about your services or inquiring to book you. And that could be as simple as like I think like Nashville wedding photographer or something. I mean, that's a big city. So you might want to be a little bit more specific than that, but it's would be a better headline than, than something that's like super like vague and 
wittiness possibly because because it actually tells people where you are. It tells people what you offer. It's important to just try to be as clear as possible with that kind of key copy. Yeah. And do you see that like a lot of people like in their sort of like banner or like the hero section are trying too hard to like set themselves apart by being like really clever that like the message is actually sort of hidden? I do think it's a, that is especially a spot where it can get lost because I think there's just there's a lot of pressure on that homepage spot. And so I think a lot of us, when we are trying to come up with our copy, we feel like we need to have some really catchy slogan. Like, I mean, like Nike has just do it and Apple has think different and we feel like what's ours going to be. And I think the fact is for a lot of us, small business owners, our biggest hurdle to getting hired is just like getting people to understand what we do. And so because there are just so many people out there and we're not as well known as those kind of household names, like as big brand names. And so the clearer that you can be and the more quickly you can help people understand, okay, like I'm in Nashville and I'm looking for a wedding photographer. I'll keep scrolling and see if this is the right person for me. That's going to be probably a lot better than something that's really like ethereal and maybe doesn't connect with them. Mm, And do you think that it only really works for Apple and Nike, for example, because they're already so well known that people aren't arriving on their website and they're like, just do what? Like people don't even Mm -hmm. think about it anymore. People just, just do it as synonymous with Nike almost. Yeah. Which I mean, granted, those are genius marketing campaigns and and slogans. They're amazing. But, but yeah, it takes a lot of work to get people to think, okay, like they're saying, just do it. And I connect that with, you know, buy their sportswear or buy whatever. And so, yeah, if they were a small business, I mean, it landed on their site and saw that you're right. We probably would be kind of confused. Like, What is this business actually doing? (laughs) Yeah. And so like, Having for a photographer, like making like the sort of the top, the hero section as clear as possible is like super mm-hmm. important. So you're saying you want, it's like good for a photographer to communicate like what they do, who they are, like where they are. And is that all meant to be in just one sentence, like at the top? Yeah, I, I, you can do like one or two sentences sort of. So you have kind of your headline copy and then sometimes there's some descriptive copy under that and then a call to action button. Is that okay. that main hero section? Yeah, for someone like a photographer, I would say you definitely want your location in there unless for whatever reason, location is not relevant to your business. But I think for most photographers, I, I would say it is. Even if you're traveling, or, you know, that's something to mention, I guess, if it doesn't matter when you travel wherever. But yeah, it's usually what you do, who it's for, why they should care and what that next step is. So, and who it's for can sometimes be implied or sometimes it's more obvious. So like it might, if we're talking about like a location-based business, so I'll just stick to our example because the one that's coming to mind, like Nashville wedding photographer, (laughs) it's sort of implied that it's for couples in Nashville who are getting married. Like you may not need to say specifically like couples in love or something, but sometimes people... I would say some photographers are, you know, specifically for couples that are eloping or laid back couples. And so those kinds of things could be important to include there. And that why it should care piece is also important. So why you should care, I mean, it is important because you want to make sure that you're communicating the benefit for your client if you can. So trying to weave in there, like we talked about earlier, what it means for them to have those photos or what it means for them to have that event captured and then speaking to that benefit that line in as concise a way as you can, because obviously you can't say it all in that top section, but just kind of giving them 
enough to answer those very first questions and then make them want to keep learning more. What would you say to people who are worried about being too salesy? I think that's such a common fear because we've all, I think most of us I would say have been on like the other side of a really awkward sales situation. And we never want to be the person that makes someone feel so like icky or kind of manipulated or taken advantage of. I would say, do your best to remember that if someone's coming to your website looking for a photographer, they have a problem, they have a need and they they need your help to solve it. And one thing that I always try to remember is that it's not your copy's job to trick anyone or convince anyone to buy something that they don't need. You are simply, you're offering a solution to the problem that they have and you're giving them all the information that they need to make the best possible decision for them, which could be to hire you or it could be to not hire you. And so I think as long as you're able to kind of hold that result loosely and just speak to that ideal client, the person that that you are the best fit for, I would say it's a lot harder to come across as being that icky salesperson. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think kind of, I don't know, I feel like kind of gives a lot of breathing room around like the copy that you're writing because yeah, you're not trying to trick anyone. But and I think that's where it comes into just being as clear as possible. And sort of outlining like what you offer as clearly as possible so that like the people that could benefit from hiring you are attracted to you and then the people who might not be like move along and find someone else yeah and that's be better suited one reason why i'm really at least to me i place a high value on putting your pricing or at least a price range on your site as well just to add another layer of transparency and that way you are really putting all out there, you're letting people know this is like, this is what it is, this is what it costs. And that way they can decide if it's right for them. Yeah. The key to writing copy that like compels people to book you as a photographer is like being clear and like, kind of like letting people know what your price point is and like helps you like, isn't like, it's not about tricking them. But like, what would you say is like, necessary to include in your copy if you want people to transition from just sort of like looking around to like taking that next step to like booking? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely like we talked about answering their questions, but then guiding them to actually take action. So having those call to action buttons throughout your website and making it really easy for your readers to figure out what they need to do to book you, what they need to do to inquire, and also what to expect after they inquire. So you might have a little section on your website where you talk about what's going to happen when they hit submit on that or send or whatever on that contact form, what the process looks like from there so that they don't really have to wonder or guess or worry about if it's going to be awkward after the fact that way you're just kind of taking all the risks out of it for them. Do you have examples of good and bad call to action buttons? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I think it just really depends on the context. For photographers. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of just making them as clear as possible. And really, I would say as simple as possible. So I think it's not necessarily a spot where you need to get really creative. Because people, when they're clicking a call to action button like the less risk they can feel in taking that action, the better. So even something like we see call to action buttons all the time that say, learn more or contact or something. And those and it's 
not that exciting, but it is simple and easy to understand as long as there's enough context around that button to understand like what they're learning more about or something. And I think one thing to keep in mind is to keep your call to action buttons all in the same point of view. So I know some people will have some call to action buttons that are written from their point of view as the business owner, like learn more about me. And then sometimes they'll have call to action buttons that are written in the voice of their like point of view of their client. So like, I want that or something would be an example. So I think just making them consistent across your website so that people aren't wondering like who's talking. If you're talking about yourself or them. Yeah, that's that's probably my pet peeve that I see in call to action buttons. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm gonna pivot back to just I just have like one more like question to ask you about the interviewing like that you do of your clients. There like are obvious like benefits to this, which I think we've kind of discussed a little bit, but like Do you have any tips that you could share with like new photographers, like wanting to go out and interview their own clients? Like, is it like, like, how do you compensate them for their time? Like, like, how do you convince them to like jump on a call with you? Like, what is that reaching out process kind of like? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I, I'll tell you first what I do and sort of how I phrase it. So when I reach out to somebody for, to a client of one of my clients for an interview, I am really clear with them that the reason I'm reaching out is because we're trying to learn more about their brand. Um, My clients have often let them know that they're going to be talking with me because they're one of their favorite clients and they want to work with more people like them. So I try to be really clear about the reason for it. I let them know it's going to be short, like 20 to 30 minutes. And also that nothing from the call is going to be used without their permission. So, And most people, I've never actually run into a situation where someone is really worried about that. But I always just want to make sure that they know that I'm going to record the call so I can reference back. But I will always reach out to them if I want to use a quote from it for something like a testimonial or something. That way they can just talk freely and not have to worry about it and then approve later on if we have a testimonial testimonial we want to share. So if you're reaching out to your own clients, you could keep some of those things in mind. And then, like I said, Definitely want to reach out to some clients that were your your favorite past clients or favorite current clients, like people that you wish you could clone essentially and have more of in your life, because that's what we're going to be using to figure out how to attract the right clients to your business. So I always schedule the calls. I don't, I mean, I don't just call them up. I like to schedule them out and have 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 it on their calendar so that they have time to even mentally prepare too. Yeah. And then I come with a set of questions. So usually like 10 or so questions. And those are things to help me learn about their experience before, during, and after working with that person. So things like, you know, what, what were you struggling with or what, I guess for a photographer, it may not be so much about like what you were struggling with, but what was going on that led you to look for a service like this? Or were you trying to understand if, if there was anything that was missing or that was, or that they were worried about in hiring a photographer before? I know for a lot of people, having their photo taken can be a lot of pressure. So maybe finding out more about that. And then questions about their experience while working with you. Like, how did you feel while we worked together? What were some of your favorite parts of your like working together or the experience? And then after working with you, things like what does it meant to you to have these photos? Or what does it meant to you to have these memories captured? Those sorts of things. Basically finding out essentially just to find out the results. I know with photography, it may feel a little bit like results are a little bit more it's harder to pin down because it's yeah. it's very 
very much an emotional result, but that's really powerful too. And you can always, I think it's always a good idea to, I mean, definitely thank them for their time. And you can consider sending them a thank you gift, you know, as a way of saying thank you for hopping on that call with you, or you can offer them a discount for future services as well. I will say that most of the clients that I reach out to for interviews are, I've never had anybody come back to me and say, I don't want to do that. Usually if somebody doesn't get on an interview call with me, it's usually that they're too busy or they forget to email back or whatever. But often, and especially I find with my photography clients, these people are usually very excited to get on a call and brag about their favorite photographer because (laughs) they feel like they received such a gift in working with them that they want to give back in some way. So I mean, it's definitely good to say thank you, but I think it's also good to know that you're not necessarily putting them out in a huge way. That's a really good thing, I think, to know. I think as well, like photographers sometimes forget like how important of a role they have played in their clients' lives and like Mm -hmm. what they help them to remember. And as you said, like the delivery is like such an emotional one of like the product that like clients have sort of like exchanged money for is like really it's not just an object it's sort of like a record of like a time in their lives and it's a little bit more personal so yeah I guess like for photographers like hesitating about contacting clients like that's a nice little reminder for them to have that like they probably are more welcome than they think that they are totally I mean yeah if my wedding photographer came back to me and said you are one of my favorite clients can I get on a call with you I would be so flattered. So like flattery goes a long way. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that we maybe underestimate like the impact that we're having on people's lives, but especially as a photographer, that's a really close relationship often that you end up having with your clients and they often want to return that, that favor. It seems like it's super important to like find the sweet spot between writing copy that sounds like yourself reaches the right people, like speaks to your dream clients and like gets the right people to book you in. Like, do you find like this is a difficult balance to strike? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely can be. I think kind of like we talked about, sometimes those insecurities can get in the way where we're we're wondering like, or maybe we don't know what we don't know. Like we don't know what our clients need to hear from us. We don't know what to say. I think a lot of it comes back to making sure that your copy is really clear, really communicating the basics and answering those really basic questions and that it sounds like you and that it's also connected to what your clients care about. So it's not just you talking in in an echo chamber, but it's actually speaking to the things that they want to hear and the kind of person that you want to attract. Do you have any stories to share about like maybe when you were first starting out and like things went kind of wrong and you're copywriting? Yeah, I have this really embarrassing story. So really early on when I was still, I don't think I'd even, yeah, I definitely wasn't like full-time in copywriting yet. I was just getting started with learning about it. And I was listening to all these podcasts and really excited about the idea of website copy. And my husband being so kind, let me write the website copy for his business. He's a, a wedding videographer. And I remember we spent like so much time, we spent like a whole weekend together, like kind of figuring out what we wanted to say. And it was really, really proud of how this copy came together on his website. And it probably sat there for about six months. And then we realized that I had completely left out of this copy where his business was located. So, which is so important for his business. Like that's like the main thing. And <laughs> It was just horrible. And so it just, I mean, I think that to me is like a huge reminder that like 
I was definitely close to his business. It, it was obvious to me where he was located. And so yes. it's really easy to leave out those basic things that like to us, we just wouldn't even think about. But for his clients, they needed to know that to be able to book with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit reassuring. I feel like it's reassuring for you know me and I'm sure a few of our listeners to know that like these mistakes are just going to happen a bit early on. And I guess especially if you're so close to the business, it's pretty easy to forget the basics and yeah, that people don't know what you know. Definitely. Yeah. And I should say that I'm like, I'm a lot more careful about this now. And it's, I think probably from having this experience and, and I think it also, there's the value of having someone come in from outside your business. Like it's easier for me to write about other people's businesses that I'm not a part of because I don't know those basics. So it helps me understand. It helps me see things more from the perspective of, of their clients in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're um, kind of starting to wrap up a little bit here, but I just wanted to ask, is there anything that I haven't asked you yet that you'd like to talk about? Yeah. So one thing that I feel like I hear from a lot of photographers is that there are a lot of people out there using the same buzzwords and they're, you know, the market's so saturated, everybody's saying the same thing. And I mean, it's definitely true that there's a lot of, of sameness going on. But what I find is that sometimes trying to be different in your copy just for the sake of being different can actually lead to making things more confusing. Like if you're trying to, you know, invent new ways of phrasing things that just are are not as clear as they could be. So I think one thing that I just want to leave photographers with who are listening to this is that you bring something unique to your brand. So even if you are taking similar photos or saying similar things as your competitors might be, your ideal clients might connect with you because of your mission or your personal interests or your beliefs or the fact that you have kids the same age as theirs or the things that you value or even like the stories that you've told about your life. So even though like we definitely never want to, I'm not like promoting in any way, like ever plagiarizing anyone's copy. I want to be clear about that. But but I think it's okay to talk about what you do in the clearest words possible. And sometimes that means using common words in your industry. So, you know, talking about using the words like photos is like, you don't need to create a new, a new way of phrasing, like what you deliver or things like that. It's essentially that's, I guess that's what I'm getting at. But just by being you, you're going to be different enough and you can still use really clear copy to be yourself. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that because it is hard when you're in an already like pretty oversaturated market and like everyone like wants like barefoot brides and like, you know, adventurous couples and like people, you know, and it's like, oh, like, how do you, yeah, it might feel a bit overwhelming trying to articulate that as, you know, something that you feel is like really important to you, but it also seems like it's important to a lot of other people, but just reminding Mm -hmm. yourself that who you are is the point of difference. And that's kind of a relief. That's like, yeah, kind of a bit of a weight off. So I appreciate you taking the time to like say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when people are ready to book in with professional copywriter, take their business to the next level, we've already kind of touched on some of the packages that you offer, but would you mind telling us a little bit more about the other ones that you sort of have on, yeah, that you are working on or that you offer and where can people find you? 
Yeah. So like I said, I offer a website copywriting package. And then I also have that smaller brand message consulting package where we create your brand messaging guide and and then you can kind of take it from there however you want. And then I also have a course called the Homepage Course that walks you step-by-step through the process of writing your website's homepage. And I say in a week, but I've actually had some people do it in a day. So it can actually be pretty quick. And oh. my goal with that is just to make it super easy, take the guesswork out of it for you. I have a lot of like kind of templates and frameworks in there about how to write your copy. So I'd love to offer that as a resource. But yeah, and then you can also find me on my website, which is kelseyohalloran.com and on Instagram at kelseyohalloran. Perfect. I'll include all those in the show notes as well. So you guys can find them super easy. Yeah. And last question, what can we expect to see from you in the coming months? Is there anything exciting you're looking forward to this year? Yeah. So the past year or two were uh, a lot or they're big in my life. Personally, I became a mom. So I have... I have a nine-month-old son. And so a lot of my business goals for this year are just kind of around getting back into things after being pregnant and taking maternity leave and transitioning back into work when I wasn't sleeping in the fall with you know being up with him. Now I'm starting to feel a lot more like myself and feeling more and feeling just like I have a little bit more routine in my life, which feels so good. So that's I'm, huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of just figuring out how to balance work and life in a way that feels really good. And both at finding that, you know, the more, the more that I can make time for things like exercise and taking like planned breaks from email and social media, that I'm finding that that allows me to show up so much better for everyone in my life, which includes my clients. So that's really what I'm, it's kind of a different type of goal for this year, but that's what I'm excited about this year. Thank you so much for your time, Kelsey. Yeah. Thanks, Anna. Thanks so much for having me. If you want to take your brand messaging to the next level, here are three key takeaways I learned from this episode. One, get in the heads of your ideal clients by listening. Pay attention to what they say during your conversations with them and keep an ear out for information about what they care about and what they love about working with you. Two, make sure your website answers your visitors' questions quickly and clearly. You want potential clients to be able to tell at a glance who you are, where you are, what you do, who you do it for, and why they should care. If this sounds like a lot of pressure, just remember that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Keep it simple, keep it short, and keep coming back to what sets you apart as a photographer. Three, comparison kills inspiration. Whatever you do, try to avoid falling into the trap of looking around at your competitors to better understand what your voice is and what you like. Look outside your industry for inspiration. Look, there was so much value in this episode and there's no way I'm going to try and reduce it all to three points, but it's a good place to start. If you want to dig your teeth in a little further into the world of copywriting and you think you're ready to take your biz to the next level, make sure to check Kelsey out. I've included a free mini course created by Kelsey in the show notes to help you nail your website copy. Kelsey goes through 10 questions that your website needs to answer to compel your dream clients to book with you. And it's super helpful to start thinking about how to craft your messaging in a way that helps you uncover your voice and grow your business in a way that serves you. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. This podcast was created on the unceded land of the Bundjalung people, and we pay our respects to elders past, emerging, and present.